Hey guys, this is Rob and welcome to question number 38, can art be quantified? Hey, here's something I was thinking about doing. Uh, I'm going to be... You're what? clearly not just talking to me right now. Why? Because I'm talking in my professional <laughs> yeah. broadcaster style voice. Here's something I've been thinking of, Sarah. You know, Sarah, I've been thinking that uh, <laughs> I lean really closely and I speak with a dark, crisp voice. Well, if I was just talking to you, I would just probably be mumbling over my words. Mm, true. Uh, not enunciating by any extent of the imagination. Even the fact that I use the word extent right there means that I'm freaking trying too hard! <laughs> Luna's concerned. Oh. oh. Luna. Oh, I think I did scare a cat, Luna. <laughs> oh, noodles. Unpuff that tail. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, tell hey, me. Before we dive in, I wanted, I did have a thing. See, now it feels like I'm really talking to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will come out uh, July 3rd. So if you're listening to this the week of July 3rd, Friday, July 6th, I'm going to be uh, playing a music festival in Wisconsin called Summerfest. If you are out there... Uh, I have no idea what stage we're going to be playing on, but I'm playing with Dan Rodriguez and the boys. And I say boys because of his douchebag song. But if you use steroids or you call your friends your boys, you're probably a douchebag. If you say you like women loose, you only drink Grey Goose, you're probably a douchebag. You like to get in fights, you wear sunglasses at night, you're probably a douchebag. Or in one of the sweet bands that I saw playing outside. These lights are bright. Anyways, uh, if you're out at Summerfest, swing by and say hi. I'd love to see you. Alright, let's roll the theme song. Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. holding your Guinness glass like you're ready for something okay before I pour anything I'm gonna say for those of you listening for the first time thanks for checking in thanks for joining us my name is Rob Morgan for the past 10 years I've been traveling the world as a bassist and music director and this is my podcast where I sit down over drinks on location with intriguing people I've met to try and get past what it is they do to find out who they are and why they do it and what I can learn from them. I'm joined, as always, by my wife, my friend, my... Candle in the dark. I think we've said these no, before. No, I haven't of... said that one. I'm just... There's a candle on the table. You should keep a list. I'm pretty sure... I've said lighthouse. Oh, my gosh. Okay, do you want a Guinness? <laughs> yes, please. Oh, Aww, Luna. Luna wants one, too. Luna, what are you talking about? I am so thankful we do not have to deal with sponsors on this podcast or else I would have to tell you that Guinness is quite possibly the greatest beer in the history of human existence. 
There you go. Thank you. I mean, Guinness is such a great meal replacement that after I do my workout in the morning, I drink it as a protein shake. It keeps me going for four hours to lunch. Okay, as I'm pouring this Guinness, did you know that the proper pour time for a Guinness out of a draft at a bar is 119.5 seconds at a 45 degree angle? I did know that. Why did you know that? I don't know. It's just one of those things that floats around. <laughs> I didn't mean to But funny, I, I actually thought it was 120 seconds. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, but no, funny no. that it's half a second too long if you do it that way. I know. That's so goofy. It's one of those things. But that's how people are. Yeah. In the, like, you know, craft cocktail. I prefer coffee. my Guinness to be poured at 119.45, but that's just me. I get a little picky. I feel like the head is a little creamier, mm. holds together a little tighter. I wish there was some kind of a catchphrase you could say. Mmm, this tastes like mother's milk. Ah, oh, never heard that before. <laughs> okay, I am thankful we don't have to deal with sponsors or else this whole rambling would be pointless <laughs> and I would not feel obligated by any means to tell you all that. And speaking of Guinness glasses, we're giving away some. Uh, leave your name and a comment in iTunes and this week we're going to be giving away some special edition Guinness glasses and on the side it says, tastes like mother's milk. I think that's hilarious. Uh, I think it just says mother's milk. Oh, it just says mother's milk? Yeah. Doesn't say taste like? They don't have that many lines of text. Okay. All right. It just says mother's milk <laughs> then. All right. <laughs> a, little, a little bit more anticlimactic, but uh, every... this is Okay, this is crazy. Every, for those of you that have been joining with us every week, you know that every week we ask Sarah a question. Those questions come from you, the listeners, and they come one of three ways. Those three ways are the kind of ideas I had to make this, to attempt... It's my attempt... To, to make this podcast the most interactive podcast in the history of the world of podcasts. I wanted to make this a conversation that you can be a part of for this to be your podcast too. So these questions that we asked Sarah are just one of the ways we do that and they come from either iTunes, when you leave a comment, rate, comment, and subscribe. Five stars only. And when you leave a comment, leave a question for Sarah. Uh, another way is you can call the podcast hotline. Nobody called the podcast hotline this week. Rude. Rude. You didn't call in and leave a message for us. Anyways, uh, the number <laughs> that does sound complaining, uh, but the number to the podcast is 612-584-9330 is the number right there. Uh, call in, leave a message, or you can go to thecuriouspod.com slash contact. Right there on the website of the podcast, we have an interactive map that shows the locations where all these interviews have been recorded, or you can contact us, leave, leave us a uh a question or message, whatever you want, really. Uh, that said, this is crazy. All right, ready for this? Mm -hmm. uh, how this interview this week came about is all because of a book, and I did not plan this question. This question comes from John Wierick, and it's almost like serendipitous. It's crazy. I even wrote down the question that he asked, uh, and then as I was planning this episode, I was like, holy crap. What are the chances? And you, I'm just rambling right now, but here's the question. He said, what are the one to two books that have inspired or challenged you in a pivotal transition in your life? What are those for you, Sarah? I don't know. I feel like I've had a weird relationship with books. When I was in high school, I was an avid reader. I mean, I've read like so many classic novels. Then I went to college and it kind of, turned me off to reading because that's what college does to you. Yeah. 
Uh, so I feel like I've had a hard time kind of falling back in love with reading. But when I'm thinking about, I guess, and having not had time to think about this question, and it is a really good one, two that come to mind for me are, when I was in high school, I read The Old Man and the Sea, which is not a super long book. It's a pretty small book, pretty quick read, not like a super complex story, but just beautifully written and kind of made me fall in love with water and this old man's journey and... And then I read the entire book out loud to Rob once when we were staying on a boat for a few days. Where was that? Was that in Wisconsin? Up uh, north? Bayfield. Yeah. yeah. We, for our anniversary, I put you in charge of booking where we were going to stay up in Bayfield, Wisconsin. And right you, on Lake Superior. Yeah. And you booked a sailboat mm-hmm. off Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. So we just spent like a few days living on a sailboat. And, and I read the whole book out loud to him. Oh, man. It sounds dumb, but I like reading out loud. Okay, so that's a fantastic book. It's just a beautiful story. Um, The other book that I loved and I haven't read in years uh, was, it was the summer before I went to college. I think it was my friend Aaron who told me about um, this book called Blue Like Jazz. Oh, And I just loved that book. I loved his writing style. I loved his thoughts. Yes. Um, or Donald Miller. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was just kind of that, that was just a very pivotal time in life in general is like leaving home and going to college and yeah, it was just, and that book, he, that book has a lot of different thoughts in it. So like each chapter is kind of its own entity. Yeah. Um, but I just remember like when you open the front page, he, he's, and I don't know if it's his quote or if it's someone actually, someone else actually said it, but he says something like. I never understood what people saw in jazz, in jazz music until I watched someone fall in love with it. And then I was able to fall in love with it. And so I think it's, Uh, it's kind of a, that's great. uh, That's just a good way to think about things. Cause sometimes it is hard to be like, I don't see what people get in that. And then you watch someone love it and it's like, Oh, I get it now. So anyway, there's lots of good tidbits in that book too, but those would be two that I could think of right now. Oh man, that's awesome. By the way, uh, John, thank you for writing in and giving us that question. But one of the things that makes this so crazy is because this podcast interview only happened because of a book. If you've been following along with this podcast, I recorded a conversation. Well, it wasn't a conversation because it was one of the only ones where I sat down and I just told a story. And it's called Interlude, A Bucket List Big Enough to Live In. And if you're looking for it, it comes right after question number 23. And I sat down and essentially told the story of how this podcast came into existence. I had just gotten off a world tour and long story short, realized I had nothing coming up musically in the future. My entire musical career came to this massive halt and I had this kind of existential crisis within my art, my creativity, what I was doing in life, my direction. During that time, outside of conversations with friends and people close to me, one of the most influential things at that time in my life was a book that I somehow stumbled across. I don't know if a friend, I can't remember if a friend gave it to me or if I found it at a bookstore, but it's called Let Me Out. It's a book by Peter Himmelman. It's become one of the, uh, I want to say one of the most given away books that I've given to people that I feel like in the situation that I was in or could really use it. And the way I describe this book is uh, in two ways. Number one, it's thing to me was teaching me that creativity is a force in the universe available to everybody 
just like uh, gravity. It's accessible. It's yeah. not for just creative people or not creative people, whatever you mean. Everybody has access to it and it exists within you as if every person has a safe within them. And this book is the code to the safe of your creativity to help you let it out. And he gives practical tools, things you can do, things he calls brain bottle openers. Mm. He talks about diving into your past and your history and your life and why are you afraid to be vulnerable. Uh, when creating and sharing it with the world. It's amazing. Anyways, he wrote this book. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, it's awesome. I guess uh, when I started researching him, he was maybe the, not the stepson, but the, I think he's the son-in-law to Bob Dylan. Oh, wait, his, that would mean he married Bob Dylan's daughter. Yes, I think so. Oh. Uh, and But I'm, I, that's, I'm, I, I read that online, and so I'm, since it exists online. Was it I'm, on Reddit? It was on a Reddit sub forum. Right. <laughs> uh, no, he also uh, is known for his singer-songwriter career and his work. He was the composer on the Fox show Bones. I'm going to link all that stuff. I know this is getting long. I'm going to link all that stuff in the show notes. If you want to check out, here's the deal. I ask, I mean, I try not to ask much. I, this, all the asks I say on this podcast are if you want to interact and you want to be a part of this and join the conversation, Feel free to do whatever, comment, whatever you want. But here's the deal. Here is an ask for you. I think every creative person would be benefited by reading this book. Let me out. So in the show notes, do yourself a favor. There's an Amazon link. I don't even think that's an affiliated link with this. I don't think I have those set up. So I don't make any money off of that. Just go to Amazon, check out the book, give it a read. You'll thank me later. It's huge. Anyways. Let me out. Let me out. Peter was in town. I realized that he was playing at the Dakota Jazz Club in Minneapolis, and I reached out to him. I said, hey, I know you're busy on this tour. He was playing in Chicago, and then Minneapolis, and then they had to fly out to New York. He was super gracious, hit me up, and he said, hey, listen, I have literally no time. The only time during my day that isn't spoken for is between my sound check and when I perform at the Dakota Jazz Club. If you're willing to swing by, we can sit down and have a conversation in the green room. And I said... Hell yes. Put me down. Yes, sirree, Bob. Yes, sirree, Bob. Is the exact words I wrote to him were, <laughs> yes, sirree, Bob. Uh, let's do it. So this is a shorter conversation. Sat down with him in the green room, let the audio roll, and uh, just had a conversation to see what happens. It was just my conversation with Peter Himmelman at the Dakota Jazz Club in Minneapolis. Yeah, that's awesome. I think the the putting out content is such like a lame. I just always feels weird saying content, but having have you read that my street, stuff? Yeah, huh. <laughs> I love On that it. content. Yeah, I mean, every it's just like a buzzword in a sense. Like it's so much, yeah. it's so important nowadays. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I'll, I'll just could we could just riff on that yeah. for a second about. I don't remember when. Well, when was the first time you ever heard that word? Man, uh, I mean. In the context that we're using it, maybe it was only related to internet. So yeah, for me, sure. uh, and I think it's only been the past maybe five years yeah, or so. Yeah, that's right. I did a record in 2010. Okay. It's a good record and got a publicity person. Yeah. And you know. I love where this is going already. Yeah, so I just the said... advice on what you need to be doing. Well, you know, that she should advise me. And, you know, 
she wasn't getting what she needed and she just said you know do you have any more assets i mean what she goes well do you have any con more content yeah i'm like i just made a record yeah how much more content yeah. do you and, need and then she said you know it wasn't her fault she yeah. was kind of telling me the zeitgeist yeah um what you know people don't have time that might not listen to the whole record or yeah it's too, it's yes. long it's it's mm -hmm. arduous to people listen. don't have time to like have to, you don't have to make people think well that's a problem so content's function yeah. is to sort of be sort of the salt fat and sugar or the mm -hmm. pornography not that it's bad material at all there's really great stuff out there but its function is to attract your eyeball to buy some stuff on the side of the video and that's the problem it's just yes. like oh, let's load some content yeah. into there and get some young people to make some content yep. my son does that you yeah, know, and he does it really well, among his other things that he does well. Um, and it's true in the sense of it's if it you're talking about your son doing it well. If it doesn't come naturally for you, it oh, and if you don't find at least your voice within that outlet, I, I find it. Can, I could, I find, I like it no. actually. So it's not, it's not all misery. Okay. Remember the first time I really heard about in 2007? Yeah, there was an article about Lil Wayne. And okay. and now it's hard to even imagine how what I felt at the time. I was sitting at the breakfast table, and she said, "You know, this rapper named Lil Wayne is yeah. like, you know, he's hitting it big, and he's just writing about himself mm -hmm. and talking and sharing all this details of his life and his thoughts." And yeah. And at the time, I thought that's just wrong it just struck me as totally wrong yes i mean for anyone that knows me now m must appreciate the shift i've made yeah i started getting into yeah. it part of it was actually really kind of fun and mm -hmm. you have a you know that initial like the initial feeling i don't know if you're saying this but that initial feeling of it's like oh it's like this narcissistic the minutia of my day yes. and who cares and i still yeah do think that too there's always yeah. a whenever you do anything there's always yeah. a sense of who cares yeah or who's gonna care especially now mm -hmm. there's so much stuff yes back in my day in the day even you know <laughs> back in my day well back in my day because when i when i had my day you weren't even a zygote so i have had quite a number of days yeah and you know i'll take another guys who had even earlier day than me this friend of mine named kenny vance so he's oh okay kenny vance was in a band called jay and the americans yes and they were pre-beatles and they were big and he said to me something that stuck with me he goes we were on the ed sullivan show and after we were done with the show the next day, we could hardly ride the subway in Brooklyn. Like they were instantly famous because yes. there was one eyeball. Yes. One portal that, you know, one gatekeeper was fixed, to the right? nation. Yeah. And now that, you know, it's a challenge of kind of hurting the cats or mm -hmm. certainly a challenge of curation. Yeah. Who's going to. It was easy when somebody that you thought was something. Yes. You know, the record company oh, yeah. sort of did that for you. They curated what went out, the publicity, mm -hmm. pub, uh, 
the person that's working on your the publicist is in charge of what people get in front of them. Uh, well, let me ask you this then. So you your career spanned uh, this depth of I mean it's obvious by your music and the, the art you put out the uh, books and stuff you write any of the speaking stuff that you've done that I've seen there's a ton of depth and I just think about the intentionality and crafting each of those aspects before anybody sees it uh, and then now to this time where uh, everything's just so instantaneous and I don't want to say cheaper but it's easier and, and a little bit cheaper where you can just pick up your iPhone record something oh I like it I, I do was you like not it a, I was wondering yeah, about I that I do like it a lot I mean I put a lot of time into like say a book mm-hmm. that I would write yeah um, there's things there's things that take and should take a lot of time yeah and there's other things that are, are riffs you know just improvs yeah you'll see on stage you know there's songs that we'll be doing and and then generally there's just a, a total uh kind of dive into the unknown mm-hmm. and there's the, the immediacy in there yes and that's also exciting it doesn't take any time yeah it's not really about time it's about you know where your head is yeah you could take a lot of time and just make nothing too it doesn't necessarily uh, help yes so the value of something is not necessarily the time it took uh, to, are you saying, even to create it. It could be instantaneous, whether it's improv or well, something look, that you crafted. Every, every, the germ of everything was yeah. always created quickly. Hmm. And the germ of the thing is, is, the, is the essence of the thing. Yeah. So if you have the germ of a thing that one does quickly, yeah. it's just not all that good. Yeah. All the polishing that you do yes. this won't help. There's this other thought I had the other day where, you know, say, take music, for example. Yeah. And there's songs, songwriters, and they're just not yeah. any good at all. They're just, no, but they don't know what they're doing. It's, yeah. It needs more work, for yeah. sure. And then there's people who, who are, and those things, by the way, sound just god-awful. They're miserable. Then you have people that are professional professional they mm-hmm. do they do they know how to engineer and yeah they, they, they know how to make a song and it sounds really pretty good i mean it's mm-hmm. real professional yeah the professional stuff in my mind is worse than the horrible stuff because really? if it doesn't cross over the line of wow that's it's professional like mm-hmm. just something that could possibly make you transcend it. laugh or cry mm-hmm. or dance or something. So you become hypnotized by the work. Yes. And as you said, you transcend yourself. You know, yeah. you leave yourself, which is the most enjoyable thing of all, to see how small one is in the universe. It's a paradox. Mm-hmm. Nothing more joyous than that. Yeah. Nothing can bring a person to tears of wonder faster than that sensation Uh, i mean okay just following that um i i'm in a weird place personally where i feel like if this i'm at this age of you know i'm not saying i've learned anything by any sense of the means but i feel like i've gotten learn some stuff yeah i mean i feel like i've gotten to a place where i feel comfortable i've gotten to like a professional level especially Mm -hmm. music how have you had to be intentional about uh about not just leaning on your professional uh, 
comfortability of ha putting stuff out just instantaneously at a certain level? Have you had, is that natural for you to want to push it to that next level that you're talking about? Or is that something you have to keep in check, remind yourself of? Well, I mean, there's probably a combination of both if I understand what you're saying. Once you get to a level where it's easy to do things, yeah, you know, and and they sound or you know, yeah. it's taking music as an example yeah. in this case, they sound good. I mean, it, yeah. everything you do is pretty good. Yeah, it's it does take a certain. Uh, I'm gonna shut the door. You know, a certain intentionality. That's place it. It's not a, it's not a That's so good. Oh. That will <laughs> be live. That's, that's live. Indestructible. That's but this is live uh, live camera theater. Man, I wish I wish, I do wish Logic had a uh, like a, uh, a cut function. Oh wait, hold this. No, this is good. I think this is. By the way, this kind of stuff's the most entertaining of all. The it. camera falls. Oh, yes. It's definitely uh, not slick. Uh, oh man, so to go back, uh, that was horribly. I'm so, one of the things I'm still learning is how to say concise questions that I'm thinking of. But I think you're going the direction that I did mean, by the way, of the thought of well, I mean, once to become, make something from good to you know that makes you feel something is yeah. tough. It's a yeah, it's like a runner that mm -hmm. tries to shave an eighth of a second off his time. Takes yes. a lot. Yeah. Okay. So I get uh, not to go too much on tangent, but I get I get into some of the in the business um, eighty twenty principles of like where am I putting my time in, and I start to get out of the creative artistic mode of my mind and start thinking more analytically at things. And so, do you uh, have a way of like where do you find the balance of saying well? Yeah, this last inch is gonna is gonna take the most work, or that last turn of the screw, as my mentor used to say, is the most work. But that's what turns it to that next level. Um, do you always find value in that last turn or that last push, or is there ever times where you're saying, "I know this isn't worth my time necessarily in this aspect," or is it always worth your time? Um, I'm I'm probably not turning that last screw as much as I should or could. I don't mm. even think of it like that. Okay. You know, it's almost like a, another sense. It's not like I smell when it's finished, mm. but it's yes. It's like this is it feels it feels right. Yeah. You know, and then when it feels right, I'm not doing any fractions, 80/20 or anything. Yeah. It just it's right and and there's you know, this letter, we're talking mm -hmm. about how I liked your letter to me. Yeah. This letter feels right, and this conversation I just had with somebody feels right, mm -hmm. and this egg that I just made yeah. feels right. I mean, yeah. yes. you know, like, maybe because in doing a lot mm -hmm. of things, you can see... I mean, I guess even when... I, I always thought it was right when I put it out there. Mm -hmm. And there's a tons of stuff that's not right. That yeah. just it's not well baked, and I don't get crazy about that too. It just yep. goes into a place where I can cannibalize it for spare parts. And yes, yeah. nothing's a waste. I always think the only thing that was a waste is when you 
didn't do it. Maybe you were afraid or yes, and you just you wasted time. Hmm. You you time not doing it. Yeah, you stole time. Oh, you, that's so good. Yes. Oh man, that's so heavy to me. As someone that overthinks stuff, I just overthink everything. Well, you you'll I be ruminate. overthinking, by the way, for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. And that's okay. That you'll never yeah. change. Yeah, it makes you who you are. How old are you, by the way? I'll be thirty-three next month. It's good, think about that. Yeah, yeah. A, whatever you're going to say, I'm yeah. going to say it's a good age. It's yeah, not bad age. Yeah. But you know, thirty-three, kind of starting to figure out who you are yeah. a little bit and man I, yeah I feel 100% so you're, you're married and everything yep. you said been married for about five years now well, that's kind of good yeah you have kids no kids yet yep and I which is great for us because like you just were even saying there I it's I 100% feel like I'm just coming into myself uh, which seems really weird because I'm acknowledging like I'm a total late bloomer with creativity uh, just life in general of like finding my own like path, if that makes sense. So, uh, it's cool to hear when you're like, you never, anytime I hear stories like, well, yeah, you never figure it out. I don't know. There's just, hmm. there's like a lie in the back of my head that I used to think up till maybe even a, two years ago that like, oh yeah, once you, once you hit a certain spot with success or age or some wisdom, whatever it is that you'll just, everything will open up and just make well, that's sense. That's what everyone's looking for. You know, if I just get that record deal, if I just, <sighs> Everything, yeah. nothing changes through yeah. quantitative measurements. Yeah. It does change through the qualitative measure of, of a relationship. Yeah. Human relationships, friend, family, you know. Yeah. Spouse, for sure, is the biggest change. That's actually, maybe that's the only thing that can really change you. Spouse. Is the spouse. If you do it right, you know, a yeah. man gets married and maybe he doesn't know the role hmm. you know the role of the man is is to give beyond what your imagination is what hmm. you conceive is possible that's just the beginning yeah and then you give more and more and only through that do you start to get a hint like a Mm-hmm. Shadowy hint of what your purpose is. Yeah, your purpose is is to give, and of course, the giving is a paradox mm-hmm. because the assumption is, or at least in the physical world, the more that yeah. you give, the the more you lose. If I yeah. give you something, I will lose it, and that is what we always have to work against for the rest of our lives. How can we risk? entering and and defying that sort of assumption that that there's limited amount of what you are able yeah, to li- give yeah li- limited amount of what you could have and that mm. giving isn't a limitation no it sounds like something you put on a hallmark card like yeah. you know giving is the best thing we all know that yeah but to actually try to conform to that mm-hmm. truth and live it it's it's very difficult for a human being to do yeah. it's just not it seems unsafe it seems dangerous mm-hmm. oh man you're i 
I am right there with you. The whole dangerous thing, it does 100%. And then the real danger, the only danger that we have, it seems, is to succumb to that fear. Then you do find yourself in a precarious position. Mm. What would you qualify as succumbing to that fear? If you decide maybe that you didn't want to get married or you weren't able to create the vulnerability that Mm. it takes to have a real strong relationship or Mm -hmm. you you just thought you keep a lot for yourself that's natural and you succumb to that then you have thin relationships no one will really love you that much and then time will go on and you'll buy more and more things to supplant that hole Mm -hmm. and then you'll go farther and farther away you've seen people it's just you know oh yeah and we all do this ourselves we learn from our own experience that the only thing that made us happy was making somebody else happy at the end of the day yes and there are a million ways to do that yeah you know there's a you know yeah because my my next my natural instinct in the thought process of, is of a, even having these conversations is, well, what's the tactical, what's the tactical things you can do? But well, it sounds not, like it's just a mindset. No, no, that you're no. Saying. That's a it's a it's always good to apply this, you know, practical. You know, what are the tactics that you would use yeah. to do this? I mean, I think part of it is a focus on. You could practice it a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it sounds kind of weird, but like you see people and yeah, just give them a little something, a little humanity. And I'm not talking about on some grand scale that you have to go march or something. Mm-hmm. Just little tiny things. You go out to a business meeting and you see how somebody, maybe a manager or whatever, yes. wants to work with you. And you'll check out how he deals with the waiters. Yes. And you know you you watch, mm-hmm. and how he deals with somebody who has nothing really to, to offer, offer yes. him, right? You'll yeah. see, and that's that's how this person will be with you. Yes, it's a little a little far afield from what we're talking about. Well, but. I think it, I think it ties in even to the sense of we started off talking about the social media stuff, and I think you are uh, nailing what my when we talk about content or anything. I think what triggers my um, defense shields is when I feel like someone is just doing these things to get kind of like you're saying if someone's well, showing you know, this is you bringing up an interesting thing so what happened in again we're just yeah. going to circumscribe oh, yeah. this to the music business because yeah. it's universal yeah. for everything right all the publicity people went away and and because the technology exists that you can do these podcasts for no money and mm-hmm. you can record anybody with a laptop can put out yeah, an you album can, you can do all this stuff then you're now you have to so half the content using that word is just advertising for yourself and part of part of what you're doing yes. you know is half of it is advertising or more than yes half. and what yep. you know and, and now you have well to. because that that's yeah. not a bad thing mm-hmm. now you're trying to advertise and sell some product Mm -hmm. you know and then 
maybe you want to refine what that product is. Maybe you want to refine the product so that the product, and I use that in mm-hmm. quotes, yeah, is something very essential, something very meaningful. And it could be it could be trite. I mean, it could be just some dance song, but it's making people happy or, you yes. know, it's, it doesn't have to be the deepest thing. Yeah. But there is some, something generous about it. Yeah. You know, that you, you know, there's that great, I just watched uh, the John Coltrane doc on Netflix. I've been mean to watch that. Yeah. It's really good. So he's up there with, uh, uh, just all the McCoy Tyner was talking about. He said, you know, when we, maybe like it was 1964, mm-hmm. and we knew what we were doing. And yeah. It was so great. We were up there bringing joy to people. Yes. And that was made us feel, he goes, I don't want to like be bragging or anything, but I don't mean it like that. We, we felt like it was a divine gift that we were getting and, yes. you know, putting out there. Yes. And these guys were beyond imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, and they I mean, I even if even outside of music, I just watched an like a interview with uh Jerry Seinfeld. And he was talking about being a comedian and how the biggest mistake that he sees younger comedians have when they're on stage is that they think that their job is to get something from the audience. Like it's I, so, yeah, it's I, a I, great I'm, point. Yeah. I'm so fulfilled, and I feel like it, it struck me interesting because I feel like a lot of people talk about art and creativity and all this stuff. Like we, it's you're just only supposed to figure out of like what you're going to get from it. That you should be fulfilled from your music or whatever it is you're doing. But the real thing he was saying is that, you know, it's about I feel like I'm giving you something. Well, and I mean, that's a fulfillment. Coming, yeah, full circle. You are getting fulfilled, but you're hmm. doing it through this giving. Yeah, and that's something I always say to young people on you know on stage and yeah. you know, you know you have to kind of consider before you walk up there. And I do a little check myself sometimes, yeah. quick, and that mm-hmm. just takes two seconds. Yeah. It's yourself. So yeah, what exactly am I doing here, <laughs> and what proportion? assuming there always will be, of self-aggrandizement yes. will there be. And mm. hopefully it's subordinate to the giving. Because nobody uh, gets on stage without a huge ego, a yeah. huge set of needs. Yeah. Because why would you get up there anyway? There's something like emotionally bereft. Yes. But that understand that's mm-hmm. a given. To acknowledge it. And it... And many yeah. beautiful things happen for from these people who yep. need this extra special attention. Mm-hmm. So, but walk up on stage with this kind of McCoy Tyner yeah. Coltrane attitude. Yes, and see how that works. I think I got to go for the sound check. No worries, I we can cut it, it might short. Be. Let's yeah. see how it goes. Uh, hey, thanks for. Hey guys, this is Rob with just a quick note before you head off into your week. I just wanted to say a huge thank you, a massive thank you to any of you that have rated, commented, or subscribed to this podcast on iTunes. 
Also, thank you to those of you that have reached out to me and shared your stories of how these interviews or some of these conversations have impacted you, have inspired you. Man, that has been so awesome to hear. If you have a story you'd like to share with me, head over to thecuriouspod.com slash contact, and I'd love to hear your stories or any just questions you may have for me. Hey, while you're over there, if you want to check out show notes for this or any of the other interviews I've done or contact info for this guest or any of the others, head over to thecuriouspod.com for any of that. And also, I'm really pumped about this. We have a map right there on the front of the website that shows all the locations that these interviews and conversations have taken place. It's pretty cool. You can click on it. You can see where these have done. If you want to go visit them, if you've heard something you like and you want to go check it out for yourself, that's right there. Or you can just check it out at thecuriouspod.com slash map or just right there on the front of the website. I'll show. I'll show. Also, if you want to reach out to me on social media or follow me anywhere, pretty much everything online is the Rob Morgan at the Rob Morgan, whatever you, you, you know, the drill. All right. Enough of that nonsense. All this podcasting has made me thirsty. You know, (laughs) I am so pumped that I do not have to deal with sponsors for this podcast or else I'd have to tell you podcasting makes me thirsty and nothing quenches a podcast thirst whether you're listening, uh, interviewing, editing, recording, listening to something unrelated to a podcast. Nothing quenches a thirst like a Guinness. Hey Hofi, can I steal you for a second? Do you have anything you want to say about Guinness? I'd like to take a minute to thank Guinness because it truly is made of more. That's all. Alright. That's it. Thanks. Uh, I love that crap. All right. Have a great week. See you next Tuesday. Anything else? Thanks for being here. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. Say the most random thing you can think of. Mm-hmm. Yell it. I got nothing. The only word I can think of is formaldehyde. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>